All right, hello everybody. You are listening to the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. And today, we have a very special situation happening right <laughs> here in the Nerd Out Loud studios, because I am by myself. But, lucky for you, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I have on the phone with me one, Christina. Hello. What are you doing, Christina? Um, I'm sitting outside by uh, the lake. I'm in Lake Chelan for the week. Fantastic. So unemployment is yes. treating you well then. But Exactly. Be- just because we, not to be outdone by just me and Christy on the phone, we are joined by another special guest tonight that goes by the name of Jeremy. Hello, all of my fans out there. How is everyone? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> All of your fans. It's a three-way. <laughs> I wish a camera was on me right now. My arms are spread. My arms are wide open, just like Scott Stapp waiting for the applause. <laughs> It'll come. Nothing. It'll come. Oh, eventually. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, determined before we started recording this situation that all three of us, although we're in separate locations, are not wearing pants. Solidarity. Solidarity. I had the last pants off, though. <laughs> I was the last one to do it because I was told everybody else is pantsless, so yeah. might as well hop in. You don't want to be left <laughs> out. So you guys probably know Jeremy. He is now a friend of the show, Jeremy, uh, from the Eureka podcast. And Jeremy, I um, edited it out last week. I said your last name. Is that like a public thing, or is it just Jeremy? No, you can say my last name if you want. Yes. Because it's not confusing enough that we both have the same name, we also have the same last initial. So this is Jeremy Henson (laughs) from the Eureka Podcast. And um, he's going to kind of be helping out run the show tonight. Uh, Christy, we wanted to check in with her real quick poolside to see how she's doing. So Christy, how how has your week been so far? Um, Actually, so far pretty bad because (laughs) my bank situation took a turn for the worse, which is I got another um, phishing email today and they shut down all my accounts, including my checking savings and mortgage account. So I have zero access to money. (laughs) Not that I had any anyways, because it was all (laughs) stolen, but (laughs) that's what little I have. I thought, no, I have to go into the bank sometime. Mm -hmm. May I ask, uh, do you at least have enough money for booze while you're on vacation? No. I, oh. I, have, oh. I have zero. Oh, no. I think I uh, bought, I bought Jer- Jer- I used my last $3 to buy Jeremy a Monster Energy drink or some shit like that um, before I left. Oh, no. <laughs> Thinking oh, I would no. have money. And then uh, I'm staying with my friend who had already rented the house. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll pay you back. Let's just make an IOU for the <laughs> make tally marks. <laughs> oh Should God. we start a Patreon page for your booze for the week? <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I well, might be willing to mail you a check. We'll do a, a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And what's really sad is I'm um, within walking distance, meaning a block away from my favorite bar here in Lake Chelan. So it's very oh. sad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so wrong. Is the is the weather at least nice over there? Yeah, it's a hundred degrees, and the lake is clear and nice and cold. And I spent the entire day in the lake. 
which Jeremy, you probably don't believe me because I never get in the water, but <laughs> there's no choice when it's a hundred degrees. So I have to ask, uh, is this, this lake, Lake Chalene, is that what you call it? Chalene, yeah. Ch- Chalene, is this mm-hmm. like a, uh, a regional location where all the Seattleites go and kind of vacation out there? Yeah, so it's in eastern Washington, which is the deserty huh. part of the, it's the warm, deserty part of the state. It's very different. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's also the Republican side of the state. It yeah. literally Every could be. Oh. of Seattle. Yeah. Everything. There's farmers, there's uh, it's, it, rednecks, there's Republicans. It's exactly opposite. It's so also that you think of Seattle. It's also where all wow. our food is grown, so Yeah, all of our food is grown here, so we keep them around. If they were decided if they ever decided Whenever, to secede, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Oh, every time there's a big vote and they and they fuck it up for the rest of us, we always say, Let's secede and then we're like, Oh yeah, but we kinda need food. Uh, so <laughs> Let's keep them around. Also, they pay taxes on the things that, like, our stadiums, and they don't ever get to go. So that's kind of nice. But it's kind of this, it's not a resort town, but it's this giant lake, and a lot of people vacation here. So to get a week. So right now I have two sets of friends that vacation here the exact same week, and then my sister and her in-laws come on Thursday, and they vacation that Thursday to Thursday. So I have lots of people oh, that are fun. here. And I just, I'm just bouncing house to house, getting free uh, alcohol and meals right now, basically. <laughs> See, in my neck of the woods, we just call what you're describing Branson. Branson? And we all go to Branson. <laughs> you surely you've heard of Branson, the yeah. home of Yakov Smirnoff, Ray <laughs> Stevens. That's where we go around here. In fact, I'm going there in two weeks. Oh, perfect. What, what is that in? Branson, Missouri. Okay, Missouri. Okay, I thought that it sounded mm-hmm. familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's where all of the Vegas rejects go. A lot of American oh, wow. ends up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Jeremy, <laughs> did you know that I lived in uh, Omaha, Nebraska for the first 10 years of my life? 12? 13, 13 years. <laughs> 10 to 13. Okay. It's 13, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I seem to remember hearing an episode where you mentioned that. Uh, may I ask what brought you out to the great Northwest? So my parents were both born here. They met in college. Um, and then my dad got transferred with Union Pacific Railroad to Omaha to learn uh, about computers. And hmm. then um, my mom... It took, him, it took him 13 years? He's a slow learner. He was like one of the first computer programmers at, in the railroad at all. Um, so see. he had pretty high seniority. And then my mom, when I was in fifth grade, so however old you are in fifth grade, I forgot, um, packed us up while my dad was at work and moved us to Idaho. Oh. And then he got a buyout from the railroad and he said, I'm moving to Seattle and kind of picked us up on the way and we moved to Seattle. I gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have always wanted to go to Seattle, guys. You should even come. before I met you guys. Even before I met you guys, I've always wanted to go out to Northwest. It just looks and sounds amazing. And the fact that you guys don't even have air conditioning makes it sound like the, the, the land of milk and honey to me. Because I, know, I right? am a sweaty bastard. Yeah. A sweaty bastard. Are you guys experiencing the Arctic vortex right now? No. We're, we're getting it's that. We're Does getting that the horrible? opposite of it. 
Cold, cold. Uh, oh, no. Usually, Weird. Kansas is about 100 degrees right now. And today, we hit 75. That is unheard oh, wow. of. We're usually in a streak of about 30 straight 100-plus degree days. And it's 75 right now. And that's that's why Jeremy Allen is outside drinking bourbon on the porch. Because usually, I've been <laughs> drinking bourbon in my recliner. But you also, if anyone hasn't been to the Midwest, you people don't understand that you're saying 100 degrees, like, oh, okay, I've been to Vegas and it's 100. You add in the humidity and it's just <laughs> ungodly. Like, that is a place of hell. It's, it's 100 horrible. degrees with 85% humidity. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's awful. It's the awful. Yeah, Seattle barely ever even gets into the 90s. And when it does, everybody turns into giant babies because we don't have air conditioning. Uh, it's unusual to have air conditioning. I would love to exist in a world where that where where there is no AC because that means <laughs> it's beautiful. And if you have to live with it for just a couple days uh, of of being sweaty, that's better than where I'm at, where the AC is cranked all day long, just blowing, 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 and it's still 82 degrees inside your house. Yeah, and you, it's hard to sleep because it's so it doesn't like ever calm down. We also don't have the extreme. Um, winters. If it snows in Seattle, the whole city closes down. Oh, yeah. If but it, you guys it snows, are way up north. Right. It just doesn't. It's very mild. It usually rains the oh. whole winter. We get, we'll have a bad winter where that means that we have maybe a foot of snow that lasts two days. And seriously, wow. the whole city closes down because we don't have, we're on hills, like big, giant oh, yeah. hills. Yeah. And we don't have the snow snow removal like you do and because we're from the northwest they won't put salt down um because they say that it it'll kill it, the uh, fish pollutes. it gets pollutes, they can't get salt in the I'm ocean sorry. it'll kill the fish you, you guys speak of these fabled uh plows yeah that, that doesn't exist in these small towns either they don't have uh, the budget for it they we I, I i work from home and i'll look out and see the plow driving by my house with the the plow is actually up, and all they're doing is dumping. It's a big dump truck on the back. All they're doing is dumping sand. So it's just uh, uh, the the back of it's tilted up just a, a couple degrees, yeah. letting sand fall out the back of it to give you a little bit of traction. Sure, that's all we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also have the wonders of the of what the winter does to cars. It like eats and corrodes the bottom. We don't have that. Not so much in Kansas because we use sand instead of salt. So, okay. so the bottoms Not of all so their cars are here. just incredibly shiny. <laughs> shiny and yes, smooth. Exactly. It's all fun. <laughs> well But you you have the hail. You have the, the golf ball size hail that dense cars, oh, right? Every season. Every every year. Uh it usually passes around this time. Uh May to June you really get it. Sometimes softball size hail. I've seen hail the size of cantaloupes. Uh, puncture, because oh I work for insurance. I work for insurance industry. So, so you see the worst, uh, yeah. See the worst. Uh, there was a town that was not too far away from me. Cantaloupe-sized hail broke through the roof of a body shop that was supposed to be protecting a bunch of cars that they were repairing oh, and no. damaged the cars on the inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> But yeah, that's why nobody repairs their their cars around here because it's like okay, if, let's say I got a five hundred dollar deductible, I repair it this season. Well, it's going to happen again next season. So I'm going to repair it again. It's going to happen again the next season. So I'm going to repair it again. Before you know it, you spent two thousand dollars on deductible, 
and within days you're going to have another hailstorm on it. Yeah, so, well, that's all right. Yeah. I think I saw on MythBusters that having all the little dimples and everything in your car, like a golf ball, kind of helps with the aerodynamics, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got a blue golf ball uh, with my Dodge Avenger sitting out in my driver right now. There we go. There we go. <laughs> well, Christy, we'll uh, we'll let you get back to. Not not drinking by the poolside. <laughs> I know it's get, so sad. Let you get back I'm to a. So uh, I, I, I hijacked. I we didn't let we didn't get to talk to Christy for very long. I'm sorry. Oh, it's it's fine. She's got plenty of stuff to do. She's probably got to go get back on hold with her bank and try and figure out where the hell she doesn't have any money still. <laughs> yeah, call number forty-two in the last week. <laughs> yeah, the, my favorite part of this whole experience for her has been that the bank is. Uh, it seems that the most important thing for them is to let her know that they have until the seventeenth. <laughs> they have until the seventeenth to. They uh, legally have until the seventeenth yeah. to contact. The, and that's that's the biggest oh. concern that they have is is making sure that they communicate. Well, we have until the seventeenth to deal with it. I was like, eh, that right. shouldn't even be part of the conversation. <laughs> like, even if that's a thing that's true, like th- that shouldn't be the primary <laughs> focus. <laughs> well, and I today just I told them. Today I told them when they decided to close all my accounts down that if they don't get my money back soon, they're not going to get their mortgage. So they're going to have like a foreclosed house house to deal with. So they better hurry. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, Christy. That sucks. <laughs> I don't even tell you that, though. I suppose you know that. <laughs> yeah. It's almost comical at this point. All the stuff that just keeps happening, I'm like, of course. Just try. Okay. Of course that just happened. I think the word to describe it is one that I've used a couple times lately. It would be incredulous. You're not necessarily angry. You just can't believe it. That it just keeps going and going. Yes. And I, I've stopped using the word, well, it can't get worse. I, I will not say that phrase ever again. Because oh, no. Always you better not. She thought I couldn't get worse when $5,000 disappeared out of her savings account. But then her checking account and her mortgage also got locked down. So now she can't even use those. Well, Well, at least you have a great vacation planned while all this is going on. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can kind of put it behind you a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, at least I'm I'm swimming in a lake all day, so that's good. (laughs) Excellent. All right, Christy, do you have any any last words of encouragement for us or anything that you want to make sure that we cover in the show? Good luck. Good luck. And I'm sorry to all my fans that (laughs) I I was only on for a brief moment, and I'm sure that will be reflected in the download numbers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. guys. Thanks for calling. Bye. 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 Hey, did he hear we're doing a porno? No, no, we're not doing a porno. We're We're making a promo for our show, Podquard. What have I been doing getting ready this whole time? I, I, honestly, I don't even want to know what you've been doing to get ready. But you look, you're Engineer Caesar. I'm Amelia. I Rizal. shaved everything. Oh, God. That might come in handy later, but not for this particular show. We do a show called Podquard. Go to podquard.com to listen to it. We're on iTunes. It's a weekly show. And then we porn? <laughs> That's not a verb. You can't. We, we do not porn. <laughs> we do not porn. It's a, it's a comedy podcast. Just listen to it once a week. Podquard.com. Okay, guys, we're back with Jeremy Henson from the Eureka Podcast. Who? That's me. Now we have switched out to his fancy pants microphone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because That's right. 
I couldn't figure out how to do a three-way call on Skype, <laughs> which is embarrassing, but whatever. No, dude, you do what you got to do. <laughs> you, you do what you got to do. We used to have uh, on the Eureka podcast, me and Craig, we had a gamer's like microphone that you would use like on Xbox. Oh, fantastic. And that was me and him sitting across from a coffee table on our very first episode. We had we had a guest the next episode. We had three people huddled around a little gamer's microphone. Craig claims <laughs> it's for Skype, but I I know it was for Xbox. Right. So you've got a good setup from what I've seen. Yeah, ish. Yeah. I mean we we were lucky enough that um you know, Christy was employed <laughs> and yeah. this was actually the spillover. What the stuff that we use is the spillover from the first podcast that she had. And so that's, I've heard you mention that a couple of times because you and I have chatted, you know, behind the scenes about uh, using a microphone. You said I could borrow it and send it back to you. You guys seem to have a lot of equipment. So that's all from her previous podcast. Yeah. Most, most of it is from her previous podcast. I had been thinking about starting a podcast with my, actually with my daughter's mom, which is terrifying to think about now considering the current, oh. the current state of things. But, uh, no and so I had, I had a little, you know, whatever, couple hundred dollar recorder. And then yeah. when Christy wanted to start a podcast she asked me what to get and i just like sent her a list kind of like we've done i just said right. well if i was doing a podcast i'd buy this and this and this then she goes okay and then i showed up a week later to help them figure out how to use it and it was all sitting there <laughs> everything that yeah. i emailed her so and that's when you were the producer of her previous show then right? i was uh, secretly the producer yes i see <laughs> yes okay. See, I haven't gone back to the archives and 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 listened to her previous podcast. Yeah, so we're you guys weren't you guys weren't dating at that point in time? Is that what I'm thinking? Not of? really. We were kind of dating, but not like officially <laughs> dating. It was, it was what we started out not dating, and then it okay. turned into more of what I call fake dating, <laughs> which is fading. you fading, look yeah. you look like you're dating, uh, and you act like you're dating, and you go on dates together, but. You're not, you know, as as they say, Facebook official. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So. See, my wife and I were way official before there was such thing as Facebook official. So it is fun to learn this terminology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kids these days. <laughs> Kids these days. Hey, how old are you? Uh, I'm 31. Oh, my God. I'm older than you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how old are you? I'm 33. Okay. Well, you're not that much older than me. No, you're no, as no, old as Jesus. As Jesus was when he died. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, and then I when he was, had those nine-inch nails hammered through his wrists, <laughs> not his palms, as a lot of uh, is, is how it's depicted. A lot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that point of clarification. <laughs> this is how <laughs> Jesus was really crucified, guys, and that is exactly why people listen to the Nerd Out Loud podcast. So, That's right. um, let's talk a little bit about how we met. Okay. Which I believe was it was through Pod Gods, right? It was. I um I did a. Oh, an awful job when they had me on. I did one of those. Okay, they had me on, uh, and I and I I totally lobbied for it. I I I, I had been in contact with Gio, and uh, he had said something about uh, how nobody releases podcasts on Saturdays. And I said we've tried it; it didn't work. And then I found out that he did this review podcast, and I said, "Ooh!" So I kind of lobbied a little bit. He got me on, and then. I did an awful job, just an awful job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that they didn't introduce me beforehand. So they're like, all right, let's go to our guest. And then I just started talking and never mentioned my name, never <laughs> did anything. And so they're just like, who's this guy yeah. that's on the show? I went back and listened to it. Yeah. Oh, God, it was just awful. But then afterward, you started following me. 
and you had an avatar that was you in a gold suit. Uh-huh. Yep. I remember. And <laughs> and on your description for Twitter, it says you're on the Nerd Out Loud podcast. And I remember listening to the show that I was on because I'm very vain and listened to my show a couple times. And I heard them mentioning you guys a couple times. And I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> One of the other podcasts is following me. And I was right. very excited about that. Yeah. And and then I was at rehearsal for a play uh, one night. That's right. I'm a power lifter and an actor at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I nerd out about a and, up and an insurance salesman. Apparently, no, no, no I, that's something else I nerd out about. I'm not a salesman. I'm an oh, adjuster. Sorry, I don't apologies. sell the policy. That's right. That's right. Wow, well, I, I just snapped at you. I apologize. Oh, it's okay. No, you're filling Christie's shoes tonight, so you're you're a little behind <laughs> on the snapping. <laughs> I'm not indifferent, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We have often said, so Jeremy has a, a co-host, Craig, right? That's right. And there has been a couple times when Craig has been, I think one time he was like playing soccer. He was playing FIFA soccer. Yeah. We, were, we were doing it Skype and he was playing fuck frick, fricking. And, and you guys. You guys don't swear to you. I gotta, oh, no. I gotta you No, here. go for it. You're good. You're okay. good. Okay. Okay. I am but trying yeah, to like cut back on it personally because I, me personally, I use it as a crutch and it, I, it's just right. me being lazy. So I am trying to tailor my speech, but you're, you're good. That's fair enough. But you also have a daughter. I'm assuming in your real life, you're also trying to kind of pare it down a little bit, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was at rehearsal one time and you and I liked something on, on the same. This is getting real meta, but we're both Mike O'Mara show fans. Yeah. And yeah. you liked some you liked something that a big Mike O'Mara fan liked at the same time I did. Like Trip Affleck, right? Okay, yeah. Was it Trip? Probably. Or it was some somebody. You liked something they liked, and I saw it and I said, Oh shit, you like Mike O'Mara show too? And and from there everything blossomed. The rest was history. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've been secretly Facebooking each other ever since then. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it does go it does go back to Pod Gods. There's a point of contact right there. I like it. Well, thank you, Pod Gods, for being the connector. Pod Gods, friend That's of right. the show, Lax and Gio. We've had them both on together and separately. Those are That's right. exciting. But uh and then so you have you have the podcast, the Eureka Podcast, and how long have you guys had that? Oh my God! It, it, it when you listen to it, it may sound like about three or four days, but <laughs> we've been doing it. We've been doing it for holy shit! It's really weird to think about it. We've been doing it for almost a year and a half. We started in February of 2013, after months of me saying, "Oh, dude, I'm gonna start a podcast, man." I used to do stand up, and I know what it, <laughs> it takes to make people laugh. And one day, I was I was drunk at a bar, and one of my stand up friends said, didn't, "Didn't fucking do it." Yeah, and I said, "You know what? I'm I'm going to." And I texted Craig, and I said, "Are we going to do this?" And he said, "Well, I've got the shit. We need to do it." And so nice. we we met at his house, and we we started, and we had no idea what we were doing. Sure, yeah, huddled no huddled around his uh, gamer mic. Yeah, I'm I'm familiar with that. I was just um I can't and, I can't remember why but I was just going through I was just going through our archives trying to find one of our shows or something and I was listening to like the first couple shows we did and I was just like right. oh my god this is bad yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah it, it it's always bad when you go back and listen to your to your own uh as an actor as an actor I should say um whenever they would record a play and then 
you'd go to a cast party and somebody recorded it and you're watching it, you were mortified. <laughs> sure. For, for so many reasons. Yeah. One, you thought you were amazing <laughs> and then you see it happening and you're like, oh my God, this is how fat that I look. Uh-huh. And then you realize you're an over actor. But really <laughs> what you really want people to, people to say is that they're really enjoying everything you're doing and you're looking around and, and nobody's paying attention. You're like, why isn't anybody looking at me? Not me, me, but the one on the screen, me. Yeah. And, Oh yeah, it's awful. So, <laughs> I hear you. So, what is the uh, what what is your guys' show about? Like, what is what what's your thing? It's funny. I, my wife <laughs> asks me this all the time, but it's not the same cheerful tone that you have. You said, "What is your show about?" She's always like, "Why the fuck do you do a podcast? <laughs> Why are you sitting in the shed in the backyard with Craig for two hours?" Exactly. And uh, I, I don't – I can't really place it. Early on, um, I thought it was fun to talk about the old drug shenanigans, the parties that I used to throw um, and all that good stuff. I mean I got a lot of good stories that end up with me passing out in a pool of my own blood. I've got a lot yeah. of stories – of me passing out and and just a lot of good stories about me passing out. And, <laughs> and let's not and, forget the infamous uh, ecstasy. Was it an ecstasy pill? Th- oh yes, yes, <laughs> ecstasy. I um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yes. One of the, one of our old episodes. <laughs> something that we hinged on. Something that we really. Uh, it was our crutch for a very long time. Was me just talking about being a. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? A drug a addict? Degenerate. Oh, a degenerate. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a drug addict, degenerate asshole. Sure. Um, I, I was told at one point in time that if you take one hit of ecstasy in the mouth, you get high. You have a good time. You know, you like when people rub your head. You look at glow sticks and have a good time. Sure. Um, but if you take that same hit and put it up your butt – Mm-hmm. It's like taking ten heads of ecstasy through your mouth, and so imagine a college kid who barely has enough money to scrape together one hit of ecstasy anyway, to be able to just put one up your butt. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, this sounds amazing. Yeah, this, this sounds fantastic. Why doesn't everybody do this? Right. So yeah, I I, I <laughs> we went to a buddy's house. It was an apartment uh, in El Dorado, Kansas, um, and we. We got there. Everybody took turns going into the bathroom and trying to insert it into their butt. Oh, I was for a first party. <laughs> yes, yes. It may have been fun if somebody else put it up my butt. But sure. Instead, I was the only one doing it for I myself. I see. <laughs> so, so you're the first I, trailblazer, Jeremy. Was, Look out, guys. That's right. Breaking that glass so, ceiling. <laughs> I went in there, and and it was one of those things. Okay, do you go through the front? Like, do you go? In front of the genitalia and try to go back or do you go behind you like, you know, and then go up? I didn't know what to do. So I just stood in there and I went front through the front. Sure. And I I put it up there and I just went one knuckle deep. I said, that's got to work. I didn't know apparently the mechanics of the human body in that area of the body was actually not – I don't even want to say designed because we may get into that later. It's not a design. (laughs) It's an evolution (laughs) of – Pushing stuff out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, an exit-only situation as far as biology is concerned. As far as things going in there not for pleasure. Right. It's just supposed to go right back out. So I put it in there one knuckle deep and just – I was clinching yeah. for 
a good hour. And I'm looking at everybody else who is just having a ball. Because if you could imagine 10 hits of ecstasy all at once. Have you ever done anything like that? I have not. Uh, maybe have not, not up the butt, but just. No, okay. no. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, no, no. <laughs> well, one hit of ecstasy is amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie. If there are kids listening, don't do it. But if, if there's there kids listening, you're about 40 minutes in at this point, and that's just really weird. <laughs> don't listen to this podcast if you're a kid. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Turn it off. From this point forward, you don't want to listen to anything else. But then go tell your parents to listen. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also the Eureka podcast. Right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so so uh, I'm looking at all my friends, eyes completely dilated, enjoying all of the you know back massages and, and the shitty light shows that are going on. Because by the way, if you're sober and looking at, at flashlights and glow sticks waving in, some, in front of somebody's eyes, it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. But if you're effed up, it's sure. fantastic. So I'm sitting there going, this party is stupid. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not messed up. So uh. I go into the bathroom and I sit on the toilet and immediately <laughs> it just goes ah. and drops right in the toilet. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God, that's most of my pill. And in a matter of seconds, because if you let a pill sit in there for too long, it's just going to go away. It's going to yeah. dissolve. Yeah. And so in a matter of seconds, I was like, no, and I just plunged my hand into uh, the toilet, grabbed it, yeah, took it out and looked at it for a couple <laughs> seconds. And the door was open because my buddy was like, I got to see this. And I looked at it and I looked at him. That's French. By the way, this is, this is my buddy who's in jail. I talked about it on the podcast right. a couple times. Yeah. He's my buddy who's in jail. He said, if you don't eat it, I will. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So I said, all right, well, ate it. And the greatest thing about it is it was mostly dissolved at that point in time. I mean, like, sure. so I took it, I had a great time, great time. Well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so those are some of my old stories on the podcast. Sure. Lately, we've been leaning on just observations because if I can, if I can observe things like that back then and still retain all of that, I'm yeah. still retaining a lot of stuff that happened to me two days ago. So yeah. it's a lot of just observational comedy. Yeah, and, but you guys do really good, and I feel like um, I feel like especially the last few shows, you guys have really gotten in a stride together. You have really good chemistry, and I'm sure that that will uh, I'm sure that that will only improve. So I think so. You know what I got to credit it toward, Craig. Um, this entire time, I've I've been kind of the one who's kind of spearheading things. Yeah. But I've been encouraging Craig, dude, come up with some stories on your own. I don't care what they are. We're gonna explore them a little bit. Just keep going, and he's really stepped up lately. I think he's doing a fantastic job. He's um the last one of the last episodes. Um, uh, let's see here. I think it's called Getting to Know You. Uh, it would be episode. Um, it would be episode sixty-eight. Okay. This I don't know if you listened to it. He really opened up about some. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate to say issues, but they're issues that he sure. has. And he opened up about it. And this is like after him and I had a big fight on Facebook and stuff. And yeah. then and he had a big panic attack and everything. And he's really opened up. And I think I think him opening up is really making the podcast better because it's not just me talking at him. There's actual uh, an actual back and forth going on right now. So yeah. the success of the podcast right now. I, I, if, with me being the big narcissist that I am, I can still say <laughs> I can still say a lot of it has to do with Craig because he's actually coming out of his box, coming out of his shell. Right. Yeah. 
Well, that's good. I know that he's also uh, brought on Christy as his personal life coach, and uh, you guys have brought her on as an intern for the podcast. We so. have. It's a good thing it's an unpaid internship because <laughs> nothing's happened yet except for some <laughs> some funny. Some funnies happened. Yeah. Well, she's, she she updated she updated her Facebook page to say that she's working with the, for you, which she didn't do for her previous job that she had for a number of years that was paying. So, and I think that's hilarious. Congratulations. I that. <laughs> I, I wanted to to uh, petition Facebook to be able to like a status more than once <laughs> at that point in time. I was like, can I like this 12 times? This is funny. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on the, uh, on the intern. So that's the Eureka <laughs> podcast. And we're going to, um, we're going to put, so did, did you have a couple of shows? We had the one that you mentioned, episode uh, sixty-eight with uh, with 68, Craig. Yeah. And then, did you have another one that you wanted to throw out there to recommend to people if they wanted to check out your show to get to know you guys? Uh, yeah. Not too long before that, we did it once called uh, the Azure Bajani National Anthem. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. And that one was that was that one was recorded while we were in. I was in Cleveland and he was in Pittsburgh, and so we weren't in the same room, which might be why it's so good. Um, going back to some of the old episodes, good God, we have been doing this for a while. Why aren't we any better than we are? Oh goodness. Well, um, let's see. I'll I'll link to those if you come up with another one. Shout it out. I'll link to those sure. ones in the show notes so people can go check it out. And- find you guys pretty sure. easily um so that's that's the eureka podcast so that's let's it. let's talk about let's talk about jeremy a little bit here oh that's right let's <laughs> something you. something i love oh, to do oh, me jeremy. i love to talk about oh. jeremy so now we're going <laughs> to talk about jeremy um nice. so i asked you a little bit earlier today to use the nomenclature of the show um what do you nerd out about and uh, first on that list and i know this was something that you had mentioned a while ago was weightlifting yeah. Uh, by the way, the list I sent you is is on par with what I did with Pod Gods. I, <laughs> I did I did an awful job. Well, if you're list. welcome to amend it on the fly if something comes no, to mind. No, but here's the thing: it's very accurate. <laughs> Usually, are the impulse the impulse ones are <laughs> so. It, it is very accurate. I'm I'm a weightlifter. I'm a powerlifter. I, um, it's funny. I. When you asked me to talk about it, so when you asked, well, when we were talking about kind of getting the show set up, I was like, okay, yeah, I am a power lifter. But why am I a power lifter? What do I do? Why, why am I obsessed with trying to lift, lift heavy, heavy things multiple times? Feats of strength. Why is that? <laughs> I, I want to be strong. That's that's one of the things, obviously. But another one is I'm, I'm going back thinking when I was like like a kid. When I was a kid, I went as Samson for Halloween one year. Yeah. Um, and by the way, it wasn't, it wasn't Halloween. It was Harvest Fest. It was yeah, the church. No, we don't, they don't do Halloween in the church. No, Harvest no, no, no. But, but I did wear a, uh, a leotard that I stuffed with cotton and had a long brown hair. Okay. And like so you were the long face. hair, the long hair Samson. I was a long hair Samson because right. I was so strong. Right. Yeah. If I wanted to be the, the, the weak Samson, then I'd cut my hair all off and, and just <laughs> been a seven year old child and right. look like a weak Samson. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then. Not too long after that, for two years in a row, I went as Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always been obsessed with this. But one of the big things that I remember was John Jacobs and the Power Team. Oh, Do you fun! Remember okay. those guys? Oh, I Do remember you, the Power Team, ripping power ripping team. phone books and blowing up whoopee cushions and blowing up uh, water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just amazing feats of strength mm-hmm. that God gave them, carrying in 
entire Frigidaires on their back. And, <laughs> and you know, with something that I think of now, when I was like seeing it at seven or eight or nine years old, I'm like, they're carrying a refrigerator. And now <laughs> I tip my refrigerator over in the morning looking for a thing of ice that I <laughs> just dropped, you know? So, I mean, it's like no big deal. But like these guys would like lay on a bed of nails and bench press 135 pounds and, yep. and all this stuff. So I remember being obsessed with it. And in fact, I, I think I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior for the third time at one of their shows. Congratulations. Because, well, I always <laughs> thought <laughs> that you could just keep doing it and you got like better and better. Oh, sure. A Christian. Yeah, level you know, up. If you, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I did it two years ago, but if I do it again at this event, yeah, that means I'm going to get more crowns in my uh, jewels on my crown. You go up but, into the higher level of heaven. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I, I, I've always been obsessed with, with lifting weights. And then I got to this point where I was really pudgy, like 285 pounds mm-hmm. and not a bit of muscle. And that's when and you started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is the costume of the podcaster, <laughs> the, the, podcast. the, the podcasting yeah. physique. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I had, I had nothing. And, and so I, I knew I was going to ask my wife to marry me. This is like seven years ago, eight years ago now. So I'm going to ask my wife to marry me. I don't want to be a, a schlub when I'm getting the pictures taken. Right. So I started doing a bunch of cardio. I lost like 90 pounds. got down to 195 and got all my pictures taken. Then I said, now I'm a skinny bastard. So that's when I started like putting on the weight again, putting on the muscle. I moved to Parsons and there's this dude that I work out with, Big Dan Cunningham. We call him Big Dan. <laughs> He just got 500 pounds on his bench press raw. And for those of you who don't know what raw means, that means he doesn't have like a weightlifting shirt that sometimes powerlifters wear that kind of help help it help the bar off the chest. There's a, sh- it raw. There's a shirt that you can wear that helps. There's a powerlifting shirt. Yes. People don't really know about this. I suppose me saying raw is just natural. Everybody just assumes it's raw. Yeah. Powerlifters, you can have equipped powerlifters where they have squat shirts and 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 bench shirts and deadlift shirts where it helps just a little yeah. bit. The people who wear them say, oh, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't really do anything. And in that case, why are you wearing it? Yeah. But yeah, he did 500 pounds, pause for one full second on his chest and pushed it up. It was a, an amazing feat. But I started working out with that guy. And you're talking about chains and bands <laughs> that are attached to the ground. Okay. Or, yeah, I mean, you're talking some intense stuff. Sure. Within a, I went from um, when I first started lifting, I did that for a couple of years, and then I moved here, met this guy. I went from 230 to 255 in a year. Okay. I went from, I went from benching about probably about 350 to 450 in Raw? a year. Raw. Raw. Yeah. Oh. 450 was my was my was my max uh, before I I had a brain injury and we can get that if, in, into that if you want to but I had a brain injury and um, I, that's I when of, you started the podcast that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes that's exactly <laughs> I looked at myself in the re- mirror I realized I was 300 pounds <laughs> I had a brain injury <laughs> I had a brain injury welcome to your week of podcast and these are my people. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but yeah, that, that's where I was at my peak. I was, I was, I was deadlifting 600 and, and doing all this good stuff. But uh, yeah, I geeked out about that for a long time. Sure. And, and I'm, I'm still kind of geeking out about it because I can't let it go. Like, okay. 
I got a little, I've gotten better lately. Like I don't have the symptoms of the injury that I had Yeah. and I, I just can't let it go. I was in the gym the other day and I, I maxed out at like 425 and I, I just, oh, give me protein. I ran home and just ate as many eggs and as I could and shoved a bunch of protein in the back of my throat. And, and yeah, so it's, it's hard for me to let it go. So I still learned out about that quite a bit. How many, how many days a week are you in the gym? Six. Six. Okay. Well, well, right now, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of taking it easy. So I'm in the gym three to four days a week. And if I'm not in the gym, I'm going on extended walks because I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm going to the gym or excuse me, I'm going on a walk for like an hour and a half in the afternoon, uh, listening to podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. Just to kind of wandering, just burning some extra calories that way. Yeah. Carrying a, carrying a log on your back and chasing chickens through the streets of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We call that multitasking. We just call that being a Kansan actually. Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Well, Christy's a huge CrossFit enthusiast, so maybe as the intern, she could give you guys some, uh, you know, get 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 you guys some some workouts for the uh, for the Eureka podcast. That would be good. You know what? I'd be doing a disservice to Big Dan Cunningham, though. My 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 workout partner, he gives um, he gives CrossFit a hard time because oh. they don't care about form, they don't care about how much they lift and everything. I am interested in CrossFit, though. The problem is. There's nothing within an hour of where I live. Ah. No CrossFit, nothing. So here it's either lift weights, golf, or run. And I'm yeah. sure as hell not going to run. I don't have a problem with CrossFit because uh-huh. I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm like you. I'm a chubby white guy with a, uh, with a brain injury that started a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but I, generally, it for some reason CrossFit seems to attract a certain type of person and I oftentimes struggle to feel like I can really connect with those people. So that's that's my only issue. And and the fact that oftentimes it appears that you are paying a substantially large amount of money to oh, yeah. uh pick up somebody's garbage and run around the block with it. Yes, you <laughs> but, are. It, it's funny you should mention the certain kind of person they cater to. I, that's why I felt like a douchebag bringing up the fact that I lift weights. <sighs> and then I went on a freaking 10 minute diet. <laughs> Raw. I apologize about that. Cut all that out. If Raw you want dog. To. In it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't consider CrossFit people to be, uh, too big of a douchebag. Um, simply because they're in great shape. Yeah. You got to give that to them. Oh, for sure. Most people who do it, man, they're in great shape. So it's something I'm I'm actually kind of looking into. Maybe starting in my town, yeah, as as oh. maybe being a guy who can do it. Because if I'm going to be at the gym six days a week, opening up your own box, as they call it in the CrossFit that's right. world, that's right. <laughs> Craig's or hearing, we could call it Jeremy's box. <laughs> I love hearing big big city talk. <laughs> so so the other thing that you mentioned another thing that you mentioned on your list that surprised me i have to say mm-hmm. is that you are um interested in box office numbers i'm huge into box office numbers i can't explain to you why but i am <laughs> when i was a kid i think i got okay there's a lot of things that split into pre-kansas and post-kansas okay i moved to kansas when i was a freshman in high school i had I was going to a Christian college, or excuse me, a Christian school up in up in Chicago, and we moved my seventh grade year, summer of my seventh grade year. I went from being in seventh grade to being in ninth grade, so I skipped eighth grade. Right. Mm-hmm. The reason why I skipped eighth grade was because the Christian school that I was going to wanted me to be 
they wanted me to play high school basketball with another guy. Wanted me, wanted us to team up together. So they're like, "Oh well, you seem smart enough. Let's go ahead and get you, get you in the ninth grade." Yeah. And so we, I, but what happened that, that 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 summer is we ended up moving. And so I was transplanted. I had these high hopes my freshman year of of being you know on this awesome basketball team and everything. I come down to Kansas and I'm a pariah. I'm a big city kid. Even though we lived on the north side of Chicago, way up north, Gurney, Illinois, like Six Flags Great America suburbs, way <laughs> north. Okay, I mean if there's a Six Flags there, it's suburbs. Right. So we were we were way up north. And so when I moved down here, I, I just kind of secluded myself to. Things and and reading and and on all this type of stuff and I got a subscription to Entertainment Weekly, and I started looking at box office numbers and for some reason you know every week I would go and watch the the biggest blockbuster of the weekend like Air Force One with Harrison Ford and it would say oh this is the number one movie in America and I'm like I was at the number one movie in America and I think it was a <laughs> I think it was an inclusion thing okay. I think I felt included. It's a way for you to feel uh, attached to the outside world. Exactly. Okay. You know, I'm not here. I, by the way, I had to drive 45 minutes to the nearest movie theater. And when 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 a Kansan says they have to drive 45 minutes, that's a 50-mile drive. Yeah, that's 45 <laughs> minutes going 60 miles an hour. Yeah, 65, it's, 70 miles It's an not hour. 45 minutes to go six blocks like it is in exactly. Seattle. <laughs> like, you're actually traveling a pretty good distance to go watch a movie. I yeah. was 45, 50 miles away from the nearest town to go watch a movie. And so it was kind of a big ordeal. So I, I, I every week I'd look and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. And I'm, I look – there's, a, there's a, uh, a website called Box Office Mojo. I'm there every day. It's in my favorites. I follow Box Office Mojo on Twitter. I respond to their 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 queries. Who's going <laughs> to win the box office this weekend? And I I'm usually right. I'm pretty good okay. at box office numbers. I it, it's something that I've never brought up on the podcast um, on the Eureka podcast. Yeah, and I'm kind of ashamed to admit. And Craig, if you're listening, turn this off from this point forward because I don't know if you ever want to do a podcast with me again. Craig's not listening. Listen Let's be no. honest. Craig will listen when we have him on. <laughs> no, what's funny is <laughs> – you're right. <laughs> what's funny is Craig actually probably listens to your show more than he does ours. <laughs> so, I mean, it, whether – I mean, and, and keep in mind he's involved in our podcast. Yeah. But um, well, That's okay. So, you you have my co-host as your intern, so. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like the synergy we have. Yeah, I think that's what they call in the business world synergy. <laughs> synergy. So, um, yeah, Craig, going to shut it off. I I wanted to when we first started doing the podcast. Not to mention the fact that I wanted to <laughs> showcase the impressions that I can do. Oh wow! So yeah, okay, let's not go there. I've had too much bourbon tonight. <laughs> um, I also wanted to do box office stories of, of you know, who's leaving the box office. Why is this surprising? Why didn't this this, oh. this show do any better than the other one? So and, some in-depth look, analysis. Yeah. I like it. I it. It's, it's awful. So, and, explain, explain this to me. So explain to me how they adjust box office numbers. I mean, because there's just more people going to movies now than there was – for inflation or uh, well, exactly? I, I mean, I would imagine that the there's there's probably more people going to movies now, right, than there was 20 years ago. Like when you compare it to Jaws. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So how do they? Um, I mean, do do they take that into account in the statistics, or how how does that work? 
John Q. Public does not. When they say it's the number one movie in America, when Avatar got to when, when Avatar got to be uh, the highest grossing movie in the world, um, it did like two point seven billion dollars at the box office, right? Sure. Here at home, it did like seven hundred and fifty six million or something like that, or maybe six hundred and seventy six. Right around. No, it did more than Titanic, so it was like seven hundred fifty six million dollars, right? Huge numbers. Number one for like eleven weeks in a row. It was fantastic. I. Was beside myself. Sure, <laughs> what's <is> going on? <laughs> How amazing this box office run is going! But what they don't mention is the fact that, well, the numbers are quite inflated at this point in time. If you Uh-oh. look, if you look at like Gone with the Wind, okay, that was like nineteen thirties, right? Adjusted for inflation, did like two billion dollars. Oh, <laughs> it was well, maybe like one point one point two billion, something insane. A it would lot. beat everybody. Right. Wizard of Oz would beat a ton of people. But then when you look at the eighties, uh, with a lot of the big movies that, that were going down back then, a lot of those would beat the big ones now. It used to be a big deal when a movie hit a hundred million dollars at the box office. Yeah, these days, not so big of a deal, but they still make a big deal about it because that hundred million dollars for some reason. Gets people to be like, oh wow, it did really well at the box office, even though a lot of a lot of shows are considered box office disappointments. Um, Pacific Rim uh-huh. barely crept past the hundred million dollar mark. Cowboys and Aliens barely crept past the hundred million dollar mark. They were lauded as successes with the public, but in the nerd's mind, like me, they were like, oh, they barely crept past they barely crept past a hundred million dollars. Oh, big fucking deal, but. And, and, does, and it also depends on how much they spent, what was the budget sure. and all that stuff. Dude, I, you, you, I may be the biggest nerd you've ever had on your podcast. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this is some pretty in-depth uh, some pretty in-depth analysis here. I'm on, I'm on that website every freaking day, multiple times, just scanning. Like, right. oh, how'd that do compared to 1987? <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me ask you, um, what uh, d- does – do the box office numbers – now, do, do do those take into? Uh, do you take those into consideration when you're selecting a movie to go see? I do. Damn, good question, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to only me. Okay. That's a damn good question. <laughs> a case in point: Edge of Tomorrow. Okay, that's a Tom Cruise movie, right? Right. It opened at like 27, 28 million, which for most big budget movies, they'd say, ah, they're done. No good. We're never going to see him again. But <laughs> I laugh because I'm a big nerd. They have what they call legs. Uh-huh. That movie has what they call legs. It opened to 27, 28 million, maybe up to 30. I can't remember exactly. I've, I've always got ballpark figures in there. Um, but it, the percentage that it dropped every week was minimal. So every week it held, as they call it, at the box office. And <laughs> – Right now, it, it, it's creeping up to $100 million, right. which to some people, which contradicts everything I just said. Who cares if it costs $100 million? But if it opens at $28 million, kind of a big deal for it to crawl all the way up to $100 million at that point in time. So yes, I do pay attention. If a movie that got very good, revo- get very good reviews opens small relatively mm-hmm. but still has legs, yeah. that tells me it's a very good remo- reviewed movie oh. and that it's got great word of mouth. I see. I right? like it. Right? So then I went and saw that movie like three weeks after it came out. Yeah. Fan-freaking-tastic movie. Sure. Fantastic okay. movie. So that's a good way to kind of look at it. Let's say let's say you're, you're wanting to go watch a movie. Um, you've got some that have been out for a little while. You look at it and you say, 
Well, this one got a B on Rotten Tomatoes, but, well, oh, Jesus, never mind. Nobody's going to do what I do. Nobody looks at the opening <laughs> numbers and then looks to see where they're at right now. But it is a good way to do it, to see what the, what the, what the opening weekend percentage is to the overall total. Okay. Is a good way to see where it's at. If it's below yeah. 18, if it's below 20%. Sure. If the opening weekend is below 20% of the overall total, that means it had legs and yeah. the audience likes it. Yeah. And those numbers, those numbers can't lie. I mean, they if can't. you have something like that, then you pretty much know that at least statistically a large percentage of the audience enjoyed it enough to probably tell their friends to go see it and, and to keep going whatever. back. All yeah. Right. Okay. I believe you and I just figured out an algorithm for good movies. Right. So uh, maybe I should not post this part and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll become the Mark Zuckerberg of movie recommendations. It's funny. I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, ah, oh, man, what do I nerd out about? And then this. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So how have you never talked about this on your podcast, by the way? Because I realize that nobody gives a shit. So I apologize that I brought no, this up. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's literally what we're here to talk to people about. So let's do this. Tell me um, uh, if you were going to go see a movie today, let's let's date the podcast for everybody. If you were going to go okay. see a movie today, give, give me uh, give me a recommendation for for our listeners for a movie. Here's here's something fun for you. Um, I haven't seen very many movies this this summer, but if you want to base it off of the algorithm that we have just discussed, yeah, X Men: Days of Future Past would be a great one to go see. Interesting. Because it had great reviews overall. It had a modest opening, but its overall total, especially worldwide, has been fantastic. And it was a slow burn. So I can tell you, without ever seeing the movie, that based off the fact that it had pretty good reviews, it had a decent opening and great legs, Yeah, it's going to be a good movie. This is uh, this is amazing. I think that this needs to be. Uh, you you should turn this into a segment to do on your show or something. Or, or if not, come on our show and we'll do. We'll have the. You're we'll hurting here, folks. Yeah. X Men was a good movie. <laughs> said six weeks after it that, came none out. of us have seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but based off of that algorithm, and I do it all the time. The algorithm, Jesus, I'm a douche. It's not an algorithm. It's just my freaking theory. Sure, but. Uh, I do it all the time with Netflix movies, with uh, rentals. I, I, I keep an eye on box office numbers and I look and say, oh, it's available on VHS. VHS, Jesus. <laughs> wow, really? I've had a little bourbon tonight. Sure. It's available on DVD. I know that did great at the box office. It's kind of in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and check this out. So I like it. Well, there, there, there was movie corner, <laughs> movie corner wow. with with Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Henson from the Eureka podcast. <laughs> so, all right, Jeremy, we're gonna um, start to begin to uh, come in for a landing here okay. with the situation. But you have, so you've listened to at least a couple of Nerd Out Loud episodes. Oh, yeah? dude, I gotta, I gotta say, I've listened to. I'm pro- how many episodes you guys have done? 55, 56? I think this will be 54 or something. 54. Not, I'm not too far off. I'd say I've probably listened to about half of yours. Nice. Yeah, man. That's you, guys awesome. do a, you guys have a great show. And I might say this show is going to be fantastic. I think so. I think so. It'll <laughs> be a – so is there is there anything that we've talked about on the uh, – on, on the, on our show that has stood out to you as something that interested you or, or that you were listening to that and you were – yelling at your car stereo wishing that you could be in the room to uh to give your input or your feedback 
Yeah. Well, as part of the reason why I've glommed onto your onto your show is the fact that you used to be a pastor. Right. Right. Um, I was a minister at one point in time. When I say basically, uh, that's not a blanket term. We used to have a uh, a youth group church service on Saturday nights that I was in charge of. And like from like 16, 17, 18, 19, so probably like four, maybe five years, I was in charge of that. Yeah. Putting together, and this isn't a town of a hundred people, but I was putting together bands that would come into play, sketches that we would do. Yeah. And uh, we would have like 60 people at that, at, at, at the Saturday night show. We called it Out of the Gray, which yeah, for- out of the gray. Do you get it? Do you yeah. kind of get where that comes from? Yeah. Yeah. God, God said, I don't want you, uh, He's gonna spit out the lukewarm, <laughs> spit out the lukewarm. Not, you got that's it. That's right. Nice. It's better like that you the... be hot or cold, Jeremy. That's right. I like it. I like the <laughs> fact that you get that. Okay. So you got to get out of the gray. Uh, and, and so I was, I was very into being Christian at one yeah. point in time. And I, uh, I've fallen out of, I'm not that way anymore. Mm. I described in my last podcast that I'm, I'm kind of agnostic moving into atheists, but mm. I don't have the balls to be an atheist. Yeah. And I hear you talk about it and I feel like you're struggling too. Where, if you, if you dare answer, where yeah. are you So as you, far as all this goes? Well, I went through and we've talked about it on the show. I, I, I went through a pretty traumatic experience, um, you yeah. know, due to a lot of the poor, poor choices that I made where I was really active in Christian community and, um, got, went through a divorce and just my whole life kind of blew up and lost a lot of that community. And so, um, yeah. you know, and Dude, even, and e- by the way, by, by the way, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you talk about that, and I mean, I, I'm just like doing my laundry, and my I, I stop and I put my put my hand on the washer and just be like, oh my god, I'm yeah. weak from listening to you talk about it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm it sorry. was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty intense experience emotionally for sure. But um, sure, um, you know, but even before that, you know, I always kind of questioned things and struggled with a lot of the um, a lot of the things that I heard uh, said in church and all. You know, I was kind of questioning, but um, the Christian culture isn't always necessarily an environment that encourages that kind of questioning. Oh, inquiry? Um, You're right. Very much frowns, very much frowns on it. And I I hate to interrupt, but this may be my podcasting instinct coming in here. But when did you first start to question? Because I remember being a kid and I remember distinctly being like, like arguing with my dad, being in front of the TV, turning it off and us both leaning against the bush bookshelves and me telling him if I was born in China, I would believe something completely different. And I was like 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was questioning that early. And yeah. like you said, the inquiry is not encouraged. And I love my parents to death, but they kind of fell into that too. Like, don't question it, have faith, faith, the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain and yeah. all this stuff. So where did you, where, when did you first start to kind of question? Well, uh, oddly enough, probably in Bible college, <laughs> I took a, um, I took a scientific creationism class in Bible college. Oh, wow. And, it's fascinating. Um, nobody oh. else in the school had any interest in it. In, in, in the subject, but I was kind of a, I grew up, uh, you know, my dad, super conservative Christian, uh, yeah. is also this huge space nerd and really into science. And so, um, you know, I grew up with kind of a analytical mind, I guess. And so right. it's, it's difficult to have an analytical mind that's like seeking after facts and all that kind of stuff and go into an environment where you are having to trust on this 
potentially yeah. imaginary friend oh, yeah. to guide oh, yeah. you through life. And then you have people that are standing up and saying, oh, no, this person told me to do this and said this about you and whatever. And it's um, it just creates a so I, w- I looked at that and I looked at the fruit of, you know, or f- that's a super Christian word. But oh, yeah, I looked at the uh, the outcome or the result of this like supposedly loving God and I saw how that played out in people's lives. And I looked at that and I said, and it didn't line up with what I believed about God. And so I think that that was probably that was, you know, because I believed God to be this loving, pure, good guy, right. Or whatever thing entity. And people would always talk about like, Oh, you know, God had to take me out to the shed for a good ass whooping or (laughs) don't, don't go praying for patience because then, you know, God's really going to mess up your life and put you in a situation Uh, where you you get patience. And I'm like, no, because you want to be Job. If you really want to be Job, if I parented my daughter like that, it would be called child abuse. (laughs) And, but yet so, so much of the culture that I was a part of looked to this supposedly loving God. And, and that was the outcome of that relationship. So I'm, just I oh, yeah. that's probably when I started really struggling with it and that was yeah. that was in you know Bible college and um and even then you know even when I was active in the Christian community I didn't really I didn't really fit in necessarily with a lot mm-hmm. of the a lot of the people there and um yeah. and so you know and I think that because of the experience that I went through um when my whole kind of life blew up I had a lot of hurt around that and I very much rejected Christianity as a whole like I didn't even want to walk into a church building and anytime people would like start talking uh, in code words that we all know are evangelical Christian words I would oh, yeah. I would you know it would be like trigger for me and I'd get worked up and angry about it and yeah. and so I I was almost I want to say an atheist and, and I feel a little bit like the last year or so I've been on a journey where I'm coming to a place where I, I, I just don't know. So I'm, right. I almost went from that extreme to a little bit more of an agnostic now, probably. Yeah. See, I think I'm like I said earlier, I think I'm agnostic because I'm too big of a pussy to admit that I'm an atheist. Yeah. A lot of it's because from my family, I don't want to have that conversation with my dad. Oh, it's terrifying. Them, them being Christian has been great for them. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. My dad is doing great. Yeah. He was able to retire at 62, you know. He, and by the way, he didn't just tie 10%. He, he tied 20%. You know I mean? Doing a fantastic job. Um, so it, it's hard for me to admit that uh, that perhaps I don't believe there's a God out there. But it's really, really, really hard for me to admit that there is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you said something earlier about um, having a traumatic experience related to – the church, obviously. Um, for me, my dad was always not just like like the pastor. He was like the head elder. He was the person who went out and found the pastor to lead the church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was always the, the head of the of of the of the commission to go off, go out and find somebody and brought him in and really kind of molded every melded melded every church that we went to. Right. Um, and I saw the politics that were going on there, and I, I hated that. And then I, when I was in college, I took a class uh, of comparative religion, which my parents hated me taking because it went back to me t- telling my dad, if I was born in China, I'd believe something completely different, mm-hmm. right? And then I took comparative religion, which proved that, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then I, I was dating a girl who um, we got engaged to be married, uh, which 
old Corolla bit. Of course, you were engaged to be married. It's kind of redundant. You have to say it's engaged. <laughs> right. We were engaged. Right. Okay. We were engaged. And um, I was going to go up to Elgin, Illinois, uh, Judson College. It was a Christian college. I was going to play basketball up there, actually. And um, her and I broke up. And I started looking at everything because I was like the most holy person in my town as far as like the kids go, right? I was the one who was leading people to Christ. Yeah. I was, you know, leading. I was doing everything in the church. I was doing everything I could. I was praying every day. I, I, you know, everything I could and everything fell apart. And I was like, well, then what am I doing wrong? Right. And so a lot of it came down to, well, what can God do for me lately? Yeah. And I felt, I felt guilty about that. Yeah. You know, and a lot of Christians would tell you, well, that's, that's you turning your back on God. <laughs> and, and, you know, they'll also tell you, well, you think you can do that for now and then come back later, but you're, you're going to die and then you're going to go to hell and you, you didn't have the time and blah, blah, blah. And, but the more I got away from it, the more I started actually <laughs> getting into science. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school, uh, well, I went to Christian school for a long time and then I got into high school and even at the public school in Kansas, they taught creation. And this right. is one of the biggest things that ticks me off about Kansas that, that, that we're still teaching creation in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, just, it just irks me. I can't believe we still do this. <laughs> you know, even if you're Christian, a lot of Christians are like, <laughs> yeah. the Bible's not literal as far as all that goes. Yeah. But we're still teaching creation. So up until college, I, science was a blur to me. Mm. It was nothing. And I think I've, I told you, my, my freaking cousin married into the family where is, is Phil Plate, the bad astronomer. Right, yeah. Okay? He's married into the family. My parents used to tell me, oh, oh my God, Phil, Phil, he believes in evolution. Oh, my God, can you believe that? And I'd be yeah. like, oh, Look out. that sounds ridiculous. And <laughs> then I read his book. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, my God, just opened so many doors for me. I was like, oh, my God, this is science? You mean a group of peers have yeah. to make an agreement on something after t multiple tests. And in fact, the peers are trying to prove you wrong. And the only reason that it becomes a, a, a theory becomes a fact is when everybody comes to an agreement on it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it completely changed my life. And from, and from that point forward, I've just been consuming as much of this information as I possibly could. So, Oh, this is something else I nerd out about, by the way, <laughs> It's religion because sure. it is very, very interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to shit on people right. who, who are religious because it can be very good for them. I got married in a Catholic church even though I consider myself atheist because I think it is good to a certain extent to raise your kids in that environment. Yeah. It's it's it's. Well, I was going to say the Catholic church is safe and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but the church in general is safe. Right. It's it's a good way to learn your P's and Q's. Yeah. You know? But to force that on them is the other thing. Yeah. That's, that kind of gets to me. I, I, so I struggle with that. And so that's what's always turned me on to your podcast is the fact that I can hear you. And almost – and this may – I don't know how you're going to take this, but I can hear almost – every word you say, the struggle that you have. Yeah. 
Does that yeah. make sense? No, yeah, it makes sense. And it's really interesting as, um, you know, I have progressively become more and more comfortable with sharing more and more parts of my story. Cause, and I think that you touched on it on a previous podcast and, and you had just mentioned it uh, just now that there's a certain sense of, uh, you know, you don't want to have that conversation with your dad because you oh feel like God. you are going to be letting them down. And I, I, very, I have tons of people in my life that are very, you know, evangelical Christians and they, and it works for them and they love it and they're not bad people. And I also have this people pleaser in me that doesn't want to, that doesn't want to let them down. And so, but that said, I've been coming to a place where more and more, not in like a rude, like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks kind of way, but just in a, like, be more comfortable in my own skin and with who I am to be open and honest and just share with people like, this is where I'm at. And if that's uncomfortable for you, I'm sorry, but I'm really happy. (laughs) And it's been interesting that the more that I've shared, the more I, we get, I get tons of feedback from people, um, hitting me, you know, sending me a message on Facebook or sending me an email or, you know, whatever DMs on Twitter saying like, oh man, I just heard you tell this story. And that is so much, I so much identified with that, or that is so much something that I went through too, you know? And so it's, I think that it's a lot more common of a story than, than we realized, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, Long, but I mean, it, it, it's funny you bring it up because I didn't really notice it until I started bringing it up to all my friends. Yeah. And everybody, I believe, goes through it. My co-host, Craig, he he's like, well, yeah, of course I, I believed in God because I was going to a Catholic school where right. everybody around me was. But it's it's the trap that the, the church falls into is don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Yep. And that, that's, that's I believe, where everything kind of falls apart is once you actually start asking questions, things things start to kind of go yeah. bad. Yeah, totally. I, I have to apologize. I was a little distracted because I was looking up Bill Maher's quote on religion is bad because. I couldn't find it. But <laughs> but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because we, we say, I, I'd like to raise my kids to be Christian. I'd like to do this because it's a safe place for them. It's a good way to teach them to mind their P's and Q's. But it is also kind of an awful thing in the fact that almost every conflict that we have is a result of religion. Right. You look at the Hobby Lobby case. They're telling they're telling people they can't have certain birth controls because God. Right. I mean that's what it is. Yep. You know, and all of the all of the skirmishes we have across across the entire earth is because of their God or our God. And so when you start to look at it like that, you look at genital mutilation. You look at um, everything that that almost anything you can think of that's bad. Yeah. It's kind of because it's religion. Now on the individual level. Not so big, big of a deal, but if everybody believes it, it becomes a bad thing, and yeah. that's where I struggle. I got, I got to admit. I mean, we're kind of going off on a huge tangent right now, but <laughs> that, that's where I struggle individually. Not a bad idea, but uh, on the on the whole, it kind of becomes an awful idea. But that's the same thing you could say about fascism and communism as sure. well. I mean, on a local level, uh, not so bad, but once once it becomes part of the masses, not a good thing. Yep. But yep. Well, wow. We're going to have to uh 
we're gonna have to do this again because yeah, I think we could both keep going. But uh, I like talking to you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting for sure. Uh, we can talk about um, Jesus and uh, and box office numbers. So maybe uh, if they come out with a sequel to Passion of the Christ, that would be like the the perfect. Uh, the, the perfect time for us to have another podcast together. <laughs> it's funny because actually that's one of the reasons why I went and saw it because I, uh, it, it, it opened pretty big, like 73 million or something like that. Uh-huh. And you may be able to look that up. I might be dead on, but it, it continued and continued to do fantastic business overall. That's why I went and saw it. Yeah. So evangelical Christian, uh, Christianity is a very, uh, a very lucrative business to get involved in. Very, <laughs> very. So, Hey, man, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, man. That was very nice of you. Absolutely. So, Craig, or Craig, Jesus. Excuse me? Uh, Jeremy. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> Sorry, that's his catch. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. That's, that's good. You can do impressions. So, Jeremy, where uh, where can people find you? I'm at Ain't No Swayze uh, on, on Twitter. Jeremy Henson on Facebook. Go ahead and find us there. Uh, at Eureka Podcast. Uh, on Twitter and I go ahead and throw my sisters out there every once in a while at mommy loves wine because I got a lot of stories about her. So go ahead and follow her too. (laughs) All right. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to do that. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on Jeremy. Any, uh, any, any closing words? Man, I feel like, uh, Oh, Oh yes. Actually I do have some closing words. I find Hillary Clinton incredibly sexy right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay, awesome. And I just wanted to say I'm very proud of myself for not making a single Wizard of Oz reference after having a two-hour phone conversation with somebody that's from Kansas. (laughs) You're the only one to bring it up. (laughs) Good point. Hey, by the way, I don't care if you like the show or not. Just don't talk shit about me. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good week, everybody. Let your nerd flag fly. Fly! And then we'll just wrap for a little bit about, you know, just whatever. Christy can talk about how shitty her life is and uh, s- sitting pool- <laughs> poolside right now or whatever she's doing. And um, <laughs> and Jeremy's s- sitting, sipping bourbon on the, whatever, on a, on a porch in <laughs> Kansas. Oh, I'm not on the porch anymore, but yes, I am sipping some bourbon. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm um, standing in a really hot room in my underwear, so that's exciting. <laughs> Um, all right. If you'd like, I can take my pants off too. I will always to. prefer that, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm also not wearing pants. Fantastic. <laughs> nice. Well, this well, is. Well, in that case, I think we need some solidarity. Very yeah. exciting. <laughs> okay. It's the pantsless pod. All right, guys. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs>